And we are live. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenidos, senores y senores. This is the NAI Ball Podcast. Coming to you live right now. It is March 17th. We are actually recording this a day later than normal. We are recording this on Wednesday. That way we can give you all of the information about the NAI coaches poll top 25 that we need to give you, but we will get into that later in the show. Let's take a look at what we've got coming up in the show. In the show, of course, we've got our shout-outs and mentions, our best of the week, week in review. We're going to talk that top 25 rundown, who's in, who's out, and where did they get it right. Our NAI Ball Podcast hitter and pitcher of the week, our games and series that you at home need to be watching. And then, of course, one game this week for our big series of the week. So before we get into all of that, I've got to tell you, we have over 120-plus people signed up already for the NAI Ball Tournament Challenge. Head on over to ESPN.com, download the app, join our group, fill out your bracket, and if you win, if you win, we're going to get you a free edit, and we're going to mention you on the podcast. So all you have to do is when you fill out your bracket on the ESPN Tournament Challenge app, or on ESPN.com, join the group NAI Ball that automatically enters you as long as you have your name and your school in your bracket name. That way we know exactly who you are and where to contact you. You must have those to be eligible. And of course, if you win, we will reach out to you, of course, to get that edit rolling. If Cody or I wins, then you're just going to see a nice big picture of us, and I'm going to talk about how much of a genius I am because only one person on this show has actually ever predicted a national champion. So I just have to throw that out there. Thank you, Tennessee Wesleyan. Oh, here we go. <laughs> but there he is. We'll bring him in right now. The foremost authority on NAI baseball, Mr. NAI ball himself, Mr. Cody Butler. Cody, man, what's going on today, baby? Oh, I'm doing pretty well, man. I will say my pick for national champion this year is looking pretty good right now. Yeah, you know I what? My pick for national player of the year and national champion. I kind of let you have it. You know, the 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 pick in Tennessee Wesleyan thing was kind of coined by me, but you know, I mean, we, we it's good to have some difference. So it's it's all right. You know, it's okay. I mean, right now they look like the best team in the country, and and that's not even debatable. I think. Uh, I think that they've really gone off so far this year. So it's going to be really interesting. I mean, it it looks like a hell of a pick so far into this year, Cody, but. Before we jump more and more and more into these new rankings, our first rankings for the 2021 season. Of course, our last rankings were all based off the preseason rankings, which are done in November. We'll rail on that later. But, Cody, we've hit a milestone, man. 3,000 downloads. 3,000 downloads of the NAI Ball podcast in a month. In a month. That is insane to me that... You know, we've the show has been downloaded 3,000 times in a month. I want to give a shout-out to everybody who downloads the show. Uh, we do have some states that listen more than others. We want to give a highlight to them, Cody. I mean, California, Georgia, Texas, Kansas, Florida, Missouri, Illinois, Indiana, you know, Tennessee, all of those places listening heavy to the NAI Ball podcast, downloading a ton. And then our top metro areas, the Kansas City, Missouri area, L.A., the ATL, Chicago, Dallas, Fort Worth, Metroplex, all of those areas listening to the NAI Ball podcast on a regular basis in a high amount. Huge thank you to everybody in those DMAs in those areas that listens to the show. And, and thank you to those of you, no matter where you are. I mean, it's really cool to see uh, the Metroplexes, 
that are listening and to see your North Dakotas and your South Dakotas on there and knowing that we are a national thing, you know, and, and then even getting into international, you know, Germany has a, has a good amount of downloads of the NAI ball podcast. There's a, a good amount in Germany. There's a good amount in the UK as well, but Canada also our friends over at British Columbia and in Ontario, Saskatchewan, all of them listening to the NAI ball podcast. So thank you to everybody, whether you're national, you're international stateside or not. We appreciate you listening in to the NAI Ball podcast. I mean, Cody, 3,000 downloads. We're not even talking listeners here. Downloads. I mean, that's huge because you're actually putting us on your phone, leaving us there, and saving us on your phone to listen, whether it be later or forever. And we we appreciate that. And that is such a huge thing for, for you know, myself, for you, I know, and then for also for intern. I think it's just crazy, man. Absolutely, man. We love that people are tuning into the podcast every week. I uh, definitely want to give a shout out to the guys at the national office that listen. Uh, you know, who, you know who you are. We know you're listening and uh, we appreciate you, man. Stop on by, say hello sometime. And, but uh, no, actually we're really thrilled, man. The podcast is doing really well. Uh, me and you, we went back and listened to the first podcast. What was it like a week or two ago? We were oh, it's terrible. It awful. was terrible. I mean, uh, man, fellas, if you think we're bad now, it you was should have seen it. Awful. We were absolutely. Can you, can you believe I worked at ESPN when we did that? Yeah, it was a rough. <laughs> it, was it was a rough. Bad. Day. Oh man. Uh, yeah. No, but you know, if you are in the national office and you, you know, our offer still stands, Hilton Anatole. I don't know if there's one in Kansas City. I would imagine so. Uh, Hilton Anatole. You know, uh, two rooms, and we'll go sit in another room, and you can just run back and forth and tell us who made the tournament and who did it ahead of time, and we'll uh, we'll definitely you know, we would, we would love that. So, you know, our offer still stands, you know, just got to cover the flight and the hotel and the meals and everything. So Cody, man, let's jump into this shout outs and mentions, shout outs and mentions here. Let's get it started first with Rochester university starting pitcher, Dan Monier throws a no hitter with 12 strikeouts to the win over Lawrence tech on Saturday. Keep things rolling here with Sienna Heights, freshman outfielder, Adam Wilding. Goes 16 for 21 at the plate with two doubles, three triples, and 12 RBIs. Two double-digit win streaks in the crossroads. Indiana Wesleyan had won 16 in a row. Taylor has won 12 straight. Indiana Wesleyan splitting today with Lawrence Tech. Bethany starting pitcher Chase Lord throws 177 pitches in a 16-inning thriller against friends. Lord throws 11.2 innings pitch allowing one run while setting a new NAI season high with 18 strikeouts second year in a row Lorg has gone over 10 innings point outfielder Jacoby Smith hit over 700 with four home runs and 11 RBIs last week Marion starting pitcher Noah Sackenheim threw a nine inning one hit shutout with 10 strikeouts in the conference win over Goshen Antelope Valley opened their season finally with a 2-1 to win over Calpac foe St. Catherine. Kansas Wesleyan starting pitcher Tyler Triano threw a nine-inning three-hit shutout in the win over Hastings. And then LSUS pitcher Luis Diego Quintana struck out 11 straight in a win over OCU. Cody, what stands out to you the most? I mean, honestly, there's a lot here. Uh, Lord going over 10 innings, again, is just crazy. Uh, people get mad about it, man, but some people are just built to do that kind of thing. They can just throw and throw and throw. Uh, he kept his team in it. I mean, when he left the game, it was tied in the 16th, so he did his job. And I guess the other thing that sticks out, man, is teams like Taylor and Indiana Wesleyan, they challenge themselves nationally. You look at Indiana Wesleyan, 
Uh, they went on the road to Southeastern. They lost all four. They went on the road to Faulkner, and they lost all three. They started the year 0-7. I mean, they played two of the top five teams in the country, started the year 0-7. And what did they do after that? They won 16 straight. I mean, they saw the best arms that they'll see all year. They saw the best bats they'll see all year. And they responded with 16 straight wins. And, you know, that's where it matters. I mean, you need to win your conference. That's how they're going to get into the national tournament. And I just think it probably did wonders for that program. We look to see where they are right now, man. It's really impressive. I want to give another extra shout out to Luis Diego Quintana. The I mean, 11 strikeouts, Cody, would have been a major league record. It would have been a major league record. Uh, you know, that record is currently held all the way back. We have to go all the way back to 1970, April 22nd versus the Padres. Tom Seaver strikes out 10 in a row. So we're not talking about he struck out 11 throughout the game. No, he struck out 11 in a row. So the record in the major leagues is Tom Seaver in 1970. Uh, Tyler Alexander did nine straight last year against the Reds. He's a pitcher for Detroit. Max Scherzer did nine straight against the Mets when he was with the Nationals. Doug Doug Fister on this list in 2012 against the Royals. Uh, Aaron Harang from the Dodgers in 2012. Ricky Nolasco. I mean, if you want to throw it, throw it way back. Ricky Nolasco did it in 2009, had nine straight Ks. Jake Peavy against the D-backs in 2007 had nine straight Ks. So, I mean, this is a rare feat at the major league level. It, it's extremely rare at any collegiate high school level. I mean, it's hard to do. It's really hard to do. So I want to give it an extra shout out to Luis Diego Quintana for getting it done, striking out 11 straight and what would have been a major league record, Cody. I mean, I think that's just insane. Yeah, I mean, it was absolutely special. And to do it against Oklahoma City, and like we've talked about Oklahoma City this year a ton, and we know they can hit. I mean, That is a, yeah, potent, potent. Yeah. Offense. Never been their issue. And like you said, to just strike out 11 in a row, honestly, it's super special. He ended the game like that. I mean, if the game would have went nine innings, how many would he have struck out? We'll never know. Because uh, he ended the game striking out the final 11. Uh, just really impressive stuff, man. Special. Insane. I will actually get to see LSU Shreveport in San Antonio next weekend. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. Let's move on to our week in review. We'll kick things off, Cody, with our big series of the week review. And it was McPherson versus Ottawa McPherson takes two at three against Ottawa by score of four to three McPherson two nothing McPherson and then Ottawa salvages the third game there six to three give me your thoughts on that series I'm just a huge series win for McPherson obviously probably played a role into them being ranked this week uh, Alex Escobar seven innings pitch one earned eight strikeouts in the opener I mean the guy now has 30 innings on the year and he's had a one four seven ERA really been special I'm um, picked up his fifth win of the season uh, then they just go back in game two and obviously another pitching clinic by Zach Perkins, 6.1 shutout innings, only allowed three hits in the win, just dominant pitching by McPherson. That game one was really tricky, man. There was an error in the second inning, a two-out error that ended up costing Ottawa. Three runs came in after the error. Stephen Norrell pitched to Jim, man. He's one of the best pitchers in the country. Uh, he only gave up one earned run in eight innings, struck out 12. Unfortunately, he got the loss. And uh, just because he went up against Escobar, who's just been a dude for the Bulldogs, uh, Kyle Lux had a pretty good series, had five hits, including a double and a triple. Uh, so McPherson went out there, good pitching game one, good pitching game two. We were expecting crazy offensive numbers. That's not what we got. We got really shut down pitching. Uh, Ottawa won game three. Ryan Kratzenberg hit a three-run bomb in the fifth inning of game three. They were able to get a little bit of separation. But, yeah, man, McPherson, two games to one. Big series for them. They're tied for first in the KCAC. Our next week in review series that we need to take a, a step back and really look at from last weekend Bethel out of Tennessee, Cody, a huge series win over Cumberland's Kentucky. 
Bethel taking two or three from UC, five nothing Bethel, four to one Bethel, and then UC salvaging that third game once again, 12 to two. Alex Valcarcel went 8.1 scoreless innings. He pitched into the ninth with a shutout. I um, mean, he's done 16 scoreless innings now in conference play this season. He pitched really well against Campbellsville last week, picked up the win, goes out there on the road at Cumberland's and just shuts them down. Uh, game two, more of the same. You're thinking, okay, Cumberland's will get it going game two. Not the case. Marco Santana followed it up with a gym. Uh, he went six and a third. No earned runs. Struck out four. Just an incredible pitching performance by Bethel on the day. Uh, they held Cumberland's to one run on seven hits across a doubleheader. I mean, I'm not sure anyone's going to do that to them the rest of the season. Uh, just masterful pitching, man. Juan Torres went three for three in game two. He had an RBI in both the first and second game of the series. Just really good job by Bethel, man. Mac U versus USAO is the next series that we need to look at. And Mid-American Christian drops game one, but goes on to win games two and three to take the series from USAO. Five to one USAO in game number one. Six four Mac U in game number two. And then two nothing Mac U in game number three. Uh, this is another series where honestly the pitching just went out. Uh, Colton Williams in the opener. He improved to 25 and 0 in his career. He struck out 11 and in seven innings pitch. All that guy does is win. And then Mac U just the rest of the way. Uh, Brian Garcia, the Southeastern transfer, we had him as our top prospect last year. Uh, 5.1 innings it was really good. The thing with him has always been how is this consistently? Is he throwing? Is he, how is his control? Is he throwing strikes? Did not walk a single drover. Didn't walk a guy in the inning. Pitched incredible. Uh, came in in relief, pitched five and a third, and he got the win. And then they went to game three, and that's really when Hailey Paredes went to work, man. Six shutout innings, one hit baseball. Paredes was just really, really good. And USAO had no answer, man. Mackey won 2 nothing. Uh, Yana Damas hit three home runs. The center fielder for Mackey, three home runs in the series, actually hit a home run off Colton Williams. Uh, so, I mean, just really good stuff for Mackey. It was their first series win over USAO since 2010. A huge series win there for Mackey. Cody, we got to go over the Warner Invitational title game. It was Warner and St. Thomas, and it was 2-1 to one Warner in 10 innings. How did that one end? That one ended on a Logan Flood walk-off home run. Tenth inning, two outs, bottom of the tenth. Logan Flood sends him home, man. Uh, just really incredible stuff by Warner. They won four straight games in the invite. They beat St. Thomas 3-0, came back the next day, beat them 2-1. I mean, just the Royals are really getting it done. I mean, talk about Warner. They had beaten St. Thomas 4-5 of five this year. Uh, the one game they did drop was a costly ninth-inning error. They ended up losing in the tenth. I mean, they really just controlled that season series. Just really impressive stuff by Warner. And last but not least, Cody, LSUS versus Oklahoma City. They split the series two games apiece. 8-6 LSUS in game one, 4-1 Oklahoma City in game two, 9-8 LSUS in game three, and then 12-4 OCU in game number four. Yeah, two really good teams, non-conference series. We were looking forward to this one, and it kind of delivered. There was just no separation. They both split. Uh, LSUS won game one the first day and the second day. OCU took a nightcap both times. Uh, Josh Wannenberg in game one for LSUS went four for four with two home runs. Uh, we talked about Quintana obviously striking out 11 in a row. In game two, Jake Patterson, seven innings pitched, one earned run, seven strikeouts, got the complete game, just dominant outing from the lefty. Really good stuff from OCU there. Bryson Learley, three for four with two RBIs. Uh, he'd come back in game four, have a double and a home run with three more RBIs. He had a really good series for OCU. Really well-played games. Uh, there was only one game that kind of got away, and that was game four. But that was even a 5-4 game late in the fifth. It just kind of got broken open by the Stars. Really competitive series, man. Good split. 
And I guess, you know, we can throw this in weekend review because it's going to be, you know, it's it's already done and it's technically going to be in the past and, and it's something we should talk about on this podcast. But Tennessee Wesleyan and Cumberland's Kentucky played today. Cody, how did that one go? I went 5 nothing in favor of Tennessee Wesleyan. I mean, they just picked up their 22nd win in a row. Uh, Chris Coyman, who is usually going to be like their number two, he was thrown in the midweek this week. Uh, he went five scoreless innings, only gave up two hits. He has an 087 ERA right now in 31 innings. He's really been spectacular. This was a 0 0 game in the fifth. Carson Ford, the two goal hitter for the Bulldogs, he had a three run home run down the right field line. And that's just really all they needed. Uh, Coyman went five innings. Robert Gonzalez, who's kind of like their midweek specialist now, who's just been really incredible as a starter in the midweek. And uh, comes back out there with those three shutout innings today. Uh, he's just been really good. Tennessee Wesleyan, as we've said all year, man, they can hit and they can pitch. And when they're on, you know, you're probably not going to beat them. Yeah, I mean, I, I see, you know, Cumberland's Kentucky was held to three hits. But, you know, on their side also, it, it was a really good job of uh, pitching. I know Cumberland's gave up 11 hits, but they to, to hold Tennessee Wesleyan, who's just one of the best scoring offenses in the nation to five runs, and then to have them – for four solid innings, you know, at nothing, nothing. Jake Campen threw really well. He came out after a four and a third, uh, but just overall a really good played ball game. And it was one that we were definitely keeping our eyes on. And it's not like it's it's going to hurt either of those teams. It makes Tennessee Wesleyan better as they improve to twenty two and zero, and then it makes Cumberland's Kentucky better as they move to twenty and four. I mean, that's not a terrible record at all. And Cumberland's Kentucky Cody is still, you know, even with a loss, somebody out there is going to say, "Oh, well, they lost to Tennessee Wesleyan. Why are they number three? No, they they are they're they're they deserve that they deserve that title absolutely they're very deserving of their ranking i mean they were leading in the ninth inning in athens tennessee of the first matchup i mean gary matt hit the walk off two run home run and obviously the bulldogs won but they were a double play away from winning that game and tennessee wasn't their only loss they led the majority of that game colton easter one pitched the gym that day so i mean i cumberland's is very deserving i mean if you're gonna argue anything maybe you could argue the bethel series and I think that was just not their weekend. Like I said, they didn't come to play. They were two really good pitchers for Bethel. And I think we're going to see as the year goes on, Bethel just has a really good starting rotation. I mean, look what they did. They posted two shutouts at Campbellsville. I mean, I just think Bethel's a – I think it says more about Bethel than anything, honestly. Cumberland's is very deserving, and I think they'll get it on track. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about Cumberland's at all. I mean, that that's a team that, you know, baseball's weird. You're going to take your lumps. You know, the ball bounces one way or the other. And, and teams lose series. Teams lose series. You know, it, it's something that happens. And from experience of being in a dugout in, in multiple roles, I mean, it's something that happens. Even in series that you think, oh, well, they're not supposed to lose that. Like, it happens. It happens. So uh, not worried about Cumberland's at all, as we will talk more about them here as we move into our top 25 rundown. Cody, who's in? Who's out? Where did they get it right? We're going to give some thoughts and opinions on this, but we are going to move through these teams starting right now. Weber International moves from receiving votes to number 25. They are 17-9 and nine as far as when this poll came out. Concordia, Nebraska moves from receiving votes into the 24 spot at 13-2. and two. Reinhardt moves back from 17 to number 23. They are 14-8. and eight. Science and Arts is 10-5. and five. They jump way back from number 2 to 22. And then Oklahoma City University at 12 and 9 is six moves from 16th to 21. So number 25 is Weber International. Number 24 is Concordia, Nebraska. Number 23 is Reinhardt out of Georgia. Number 22 is University of Science and Arts of Oklahoma. And number 21 is Oklahoma City. Cody, man, can I get some thoughts on 
number 25 through 21 here. Well, I mean, I think it's big time for Concordia. First time they've been ranked in program history. Huge. I mean, dating, dating back to last season with Jason Munch, who didn't give up a run in 26 innings last year, uh, they've been pitching, man. That We noticed it last year. Obviously, Munch put them on the scene. And just incredible this year. They have a 204 staff ERA. I mean, they've struck out 151 in 106 innings. People are hitting 193 off of them. I think it's safe to say Concordia and Nebraska can pitch, uh, with or without Jason Munch, honestly. Uh, they've just been really good, man. Trenton Wood's a guy that's been incredible for them this season. Uh, he leads the team with 20 innings pitch. He has a 1-3-3 ERA. Jake Foskett, we talked about him last week, uh, 15 innings pitch, 23 strikeouts. I think anytime you can pitch and you can make people miss, you're going to win some games. Offensively, they're hitting 358. Uh, Jaden Adams, man, he's a guy that me and you've talked about before too. Incredible. He is hitting 566 this season. He is the number two hitter in the country in batting average. He has literally just been special. Uh, seven doubles, two triples, three home runs, top of their order guy, and he's just continuously getting it done. So I think the team that stuck out to me out of this grouping, I mean, obviously, I'm sure you're going to go USA over Oklahoma City, who are the bigger name programs, but just for Concordia to be ranked for the first time, I think it's just well-deserved. I think their arms have kind of put them on the map nationally. No, I I mean, 13-2 and for Concordia, Nebraska is, is absolutely crazy, and their pitching has done real well so far to the year. I think Weber International's got the – uh, resume at 17 and nine to put themselves into that top 25, be the fourth Sun Conference team in the top 25. And then overall, I think really the one that kind of stands out to me the most is, is science and arts, Cody. I mean, they're making the, the furthest jump back, moving from number two to number 22. And it hasn't been roses this year for them. But my thinking is, Cody, you know, for USAO at the end of the day, they just need to get into the tournament because you've got the guy that I would want throwing on a Friday night there with you in Colton Williams, whether it's a Friday night in the conference tournament or it's Monday in the national tournament. doesn't matter. That's the guy that I want throwing day one, coming back on short rest, getting ready to throw another game and getting ready to throw and put us in a spot to where we're going to be competing for a chance to go to Lewiston. I think USAO has that ability. I don't think they've, they're playing their best baseball they got a really late start to the season, uh, you know, due to a pandemic going on in the world that they had to deal with. So I think USAO is, is a team that we could see move up. Obviously, obviously they cannot, you know, drop a ton more in, in series-wise. Uh, that series win for, for Mac U, I think, played a huge factor into the reasoning putting Oklahoma City ahead of USAO in the conference rankings, which means – OCU had to be ahead of you of USAO in the top 25. I thought there was a good chance that OCU uh, would sit in this 21 to 25 range. But then I also thought there was a chance that uh, science and arts might not even make the top 25 because of the, the positioning that they were in as voted on by the coaches in the Sooner Athletic Conference. However, they do it. Every conference, the other crazy thing, Cody, is every conference is different when it comes to conference rankings. Some conferences do every con do every coach. Some don't do any coaches, but the one Raider, some do a few coaches. So really it's crazy the way that, that all of that works out. And, you know, if you're rated second, like uh, USAO was in that Sun Conf in that Sooner Athletic Conference rankings, you cannot be ahead of Oklahoma City. So I thought there was an opportunity there for them to drop out of the poll completely. I'm glad to see that they're still in there. I actually two weeks ago had them as high as number nine in the nation, uh, you know, when we were talking on this podcast – and of course, you know, you and I are constantly talking about NAI baseball. It's all we do. 
It's all we do. In the spring comes around. In the fall, we talk football. In you know, in the summer, we talk Major League Baseball. But the spring comes around, and we are talking just exclusively, daily, 24-7 about NAI baseball. Uh, I mean, we were even watching. You were watching Tennessee Wesley and Cumberland's. Before we started the podcast, I was actually watching Lawrence Tech and Indiana Wesleyan. So, you know, there's games around the nation, and there's no no two better people in this country that I think have a, a pulse of an idea of where the actual national pulse is for NAI baseball than you and me because of the amount of, of people that are watching. I can tell you right now there's there's coaches. They're not going to watch Lawrence Tech and, and Indiana Wesleyan. Nobody, they're not watching, you know, Tennessee Wesleyan and Cumberland's and they should, or they should at least be looking up the box score and looking at it nationally and looking at it overall. And I think that uh, that's something that we do better than anyone. And, you know, I, I love our coverage of it because it's, it's giving everyone the national attention that I think that this level deserves. And so USAO, I'm not worried about them going anywhere, but they're going to have to start playing a little bit better baseball. But I mean, when, if they can just, find their way into the dance then i mean when you come when it comes down to it Cody you want Colton Williams throwing in that game you know whether it's a 2-3 a 1-4 5-4 doesn't matter doesn't matter where you are you want Colton Williams in that first game to give you that win and put you two steps away from doing something special absolutely i mean i agree with that Colton Williams for i mean he's a winner I mean, the guy's 25 and 0 and even say you roll the dice say you like your matchup in the first game Say because they're not going to be lower than a two seed potentially. Okay, say if they're a three seed, it makes no difference. I mean, you roll the dice that first game, you win that first game, then you're sitting in there playing the one seed with Colton Williams on the mound on Tuesday. Uh, you win that game, then you got to be beat twice. I mean, that's honestly, I, I think USAO is going to be a factor in the opening round. And I like that Reinhardt uh, stayed ranked. I think Reinhardt honestly could have been just a little bit higher because I mean, Reinhardt they lost the series to Brian, who is deservedly a top 15 team. And then they got swept by uh, by Tennessee Wesleyan, who's the number one team in the country. Their schedule sets up nicely for Reinhardt to go on a run right now. I mean, I expect Reinhardt, if they, and if they want to be the top 20 team they think they are, and they, I, I believe them to be, uh, they need to go on a run right now. The schedule opens up for them to win a lot of games, and I think their record's going to start evening out. Because, uh, I mean, they've played one of the toughest schedules in the country so far. I mean, they have a sweep over number 20, Taylor. Uh, they played mm-hmm. Tennessee Wesleyan. They played Gwinnett. They played Brian. So, yeah, I think things are going to even out for Reinhardt the rest of the way. Yeah, what are you going to do? Punish them for for six of their eight losses are to ranked teams, high-ranked teams, teams ranked higher than them in Bryan, Tennessee Wesleyan, Georgia Gwinnett. You know, you you don't – you can't punish them for that. So, I definitely think it's great that Reinhardt stays in there as well, moving back from 17 in the preseason poll to 23rd overall in the nation right now. Moving on here with 20 through 16, moving from not ranked into the 20th spot is Taylor out of Indiana. They're 19 and 6. The number 19 team in the nation is Freed Hardeman out of Tennessee at 11 and 8. They were the number 9 team in the preseason poll. Benny Mesa moves up one spot at 14 and 6 from 19 to 18 currently. McPherson makes a huge jump from not ranked to 17th. They are 16 and 1 on the season. The team out of the KCAC. Also, out of the KCAC is going to be Oklahoma Wesleyan at 16 and three. They were unranked as well. Cody, they are one team that has been flying under the radar and doing things big time is Oklahoma Wesleyan currently at 16th. Give me your thoughts on 20 through 16. Well, I think this is a good bunch of teams, obviously. It's like, I think this is a group of teams where 
when it comes to McPherson and Oklahoma Wesleyan, I can't wait till they play each other. Uh, they're tied at the top of the KCAC. When you look at the the ratings, not the rankings, but the ratings, you know, they're one and one. Both of them are ranked number one. Uh, so I don't know who the top team in the KCAC is, but uh, Cody Muncie, we knew he was an all-time just a elite hitter, man. I mean, he's hitting 424 this season. Isaac Worsland absolutely crushes baseballs. He already has seven home runs. Danny Perez has seven home runs. This is a team that can swing it. I mean, Oklahoma Wesleyan can definitely hit the baseball. Uh, I'm looking forward to their big-time series coming up with McPherson here down the road. Uh, McPherson's kind of, the, the, to me, they're very similar. They can hit the baseball extremely well. Obviously, Kyle Lux and Trevor Johnson are two of the premier players in the country. I think Alex Escobar, we mentioned him earlier, he's starting to really become a frontline ace for that program. So, I mean, I think McPherson kind of stands out there. When I saw them, I was like, wow, it's an interesting first-time ranking, first time ever, and they're dropping all the way to 17. Absolutely big time. Taylor, to me, kind of like Reinhardt, I feel like the hard part of Taylor's schedule is behind them. Obviously, they are going to have the big-time matchup with Indiana Wesley, and they're going to have to get through to win the crossroads. But if Taylor, man, they can just keep climbing up, climbing up, climbing up that pole if they keep stacking the wins together because their rotation is as good as anyone in the country. I mean, they got guys that throw in the nines, uh, multiple of them. So uh, Taylor's just a really good program that's been pitching extremely well. I think McPherson, and, and I talked about this a lot today on Instagram Live, is to me the the big mover there. Uh, they are actually 18-2 and two on the season according to DAC stats. So I guess when that this poll came out, they were, you know, they had them listed as 16-1, and one, but according to DAC stats, they're 18-2. and two. Yeah, they dropped the um, game to Ottawa. It was the third game of the Ottawa yeah, series. Yeah, third, third game of the Ottawa series. And I feel like, you know, uh, that was a few days ago. It should have been included in in these polls. But I don't think it would have made a difference into where they landed. I think they were going to be there. And uh, I talked about it on on the Instagram Live where back in the day, those games against McPherson used to be seven-inning games. And it's not not because they were scheduled as seven-inning games. Things used to get rough for them. And they have made a full turnaround, a full turnaround into what they've become. And, I mean, it has been absolutely fantastic to see – in everything that they've done this year and where they're at and the strides they made and the strides that Brian Moses and his staff has made uh, into what they're building at McPherson. I mean, this is a team hitting 349 right now as a club with 42 home runs and 198 RBIs. They are absolutely crushing the baseball right now. And then Oklahoma Wesleyan, when we talk about Oklahoma Wesleyan, Cody, we are so used to Kurt Kelly's club being one of those top teams in the nation year in, year out. They had disappeared last year, really, uh, from the rankings. And then this year, right back where they belong, 367 team average, 464 team ERA, 197 runs scored as a team, 16-3 and three overall. They are absolutely crushing it right now. So uh, really a good group of teams there. Moving on here to 15-11. to 11. And our number 15 team in the nation up from the 21 spot in the preseason poll is Bryant out of Tennessee. They are 16 and seven. Number 14 team in the nation after not being ranked is 15 and two, William Carey. The number 13 team in the nation dropping down from the sixth spot is LSU Shreveport at seven and five. The number 12 team in the nation dropping down from the four spot is St. Thomas University at 15 and nine. And the number 11 team in the nation up from the 22 spot is middle Georgia state. Cody, give me your thoughts. Yeah, I think this is an interesting group. I think this is obviously, if you're just going off pure talent, this is a super talented group, probably the t- most talented group we've done yet. 
just a lot to take in here. Brian's a team that's played a really good schedule. And I think it would not have surprised me. I thought Brian should have been a little bit higher, to be honest with you. I just think Brian's that good of a team. I think they're a really good team. Uh, William Carey, they're on a 12-game winning streak right now. But William Carey's played a soft schedule. I don't. I mean, I think that they, if they're being honest, they can agree that they've played a soft schedule. Um, they've only played one team so far with a 500 record. I mean, in their defense, they did sweep them. You know, hats off to them. They played well there. But I'm just really looking forward to William Carey playing some of the top teams in their conference. Uh, Middle Georgia State, to me, I got to see them in person one time. They look pretty good to me. I'm honestly, Middle Georgia State's a good team this year. Uh, they When they played Gwinnett, I mean, if you have Gwinnett seventh, I mean, Middle Georgia State was every bit as good as Gwinnett when they played them before games. Kind of like Shreveport and OCU, they just had a true split. Uh, there was no separation after four games. So, I mean, I think Middle Georgia State's a team with Garrett Martin. They have a legit ace. They're all, Middle Georgia's always been that kind of team that's had just really good hitting, a uh, really good hitting program, but never had, like, the true elite ace. But, man, Garrett Martin seems to be the guy for them. Um, struck out 10 in a complete game win over Gwinnett and just been really impressed. He pitched a gym against Talladega this past weekend. So I think Middle Georgia is a team that's kind of a team to watch. I mean, you would hate to get them as a two in your regional. Uh, it's just a really tough team. LSU Shreveport, we finally got to see them play, man. They had the two-week playoff with COVID. It's good to see them play OCU last weekend. They got a couple of wins. Uh, I'm just looking forward to watching them play this weekend. It's really hard to have, like, a true opinion on them right now. And as for St. Thomas, man, you know, I think that they would be – if they found out, you know, they woke up today pretty happy, honestly. To be 12th in the country, I'm pretty sure they're pleased. I know their SID, who I talked to all the time, was not expecting it. I mean, obviously, if they make an opening round, they're talented enough to win it. I guess for myself, I'll, I'll start at Brian. Uh, Brian at 16-7, and seven, Cody, has, has been a team that I don't think, you know, you can punish for their losses. Uh, I think they are 1,000% deservingly to move up, especially, you know, being in the conference that they're in. Uh, they've They've got some – Losses to some really good teams. They beat St. Thomas nine to five. They lost to Cumberland's Kentucky. They lost to Middle Georgia State. They lost as well to uh, a Reinhardt. Dropped a game to Reinhardt, and then they dropped three to, to Tennessee Wesleyan. You know, of of all of their losses, six of their seven losses are to ranked teams. Six of their seven losses are to ranked teams. So, I mean, they've played a good schedule. They've played some good competition. They're hitting the ball well. Three eleven team average. So, I mean, you really can't complain about Brian. I mean, it is it has been beautiful what they've done to start the year. They've played a great schedule. That's what I love more than anything is, is playing a really good schedule to open up that season. Uh, William Carey has scored 124 runs as a team and allowed 69. They are hitting the ball 300 on the dot. Team average for them, hit slugging 459, on-base percentage of 430. But the pitching is where it's gotten done for them. You know, uh, Sloan Dieter is, is incredible. Sloan Dieter is going to be a really good pitcher, and he's, you know, 31 and two-thirds innings, 37 punch-outs. He's been really good this year, 3-5-3, team ERA. So uh, pitching has really gotten it done for William Carey. And then for Middle Georgia State, Cody, they've got six losses as well, but four of those six losses are to really good ball clubs, uh, Columbus State in the D2 level, and then Georgia Gwinnett. As well, they dropped two to them. They did take a game off of Georgia Gwinnett. Uh, Middle Georgia State's normally a team known for their hitting. I think, you know, throughout the years, we've kind of seen them as a, as a hitting team. But that pitching, a 399 staff ERA, has stood out more than anything. Uh, Garrett Martin has been absolutely incredible, and, and so has uh, Jackson Braden. So it's been really good for Middle Georgia State. I think those, those teams really have uh, – 
done really well, and they're just just on the outside, just outside of the top ten looking in. I think Middle Georgia State has an opportunity to jump in there if they continue playing good baseball, as well as, you know, we'll see from William Carey. I'm really, really excited to see them get into that Southern States Athletic Conference portion of play. And, you know, same thing goes for Brian. You know, the tough part of the big Brian schedule is is really done. I mean, the top two teams in the nation have, have been played, so I'm really looking forward to taking, you know, seeing what Brian does the rest of the way. There are still some really good teams in the Appalachian Athletic Conference. Moving into the top 10, Cody, we start number 10 through six. Number 10, up from the 23rd spot in the preseason poll at 14 and six is Hope International. At number nine, up from the 24th spot, making their first appearance since 2019 preseason poll in the top 10 at 14 and two is America's team. A term you have coined yourself, Lewis Clark State. Up from the 15th spot at number eight at 20 and six is Kaiser University. And the seven spot down from the three spot is 16 and six, Georgia Gwinnett. And then at number six, up one spot is 10 and one, Faulkner. Give me some thoughts. This is an interesting grouping, man. This is a this is an interesting one. You got Hope International who moved up to the top 10, who I don't honestly think, I didn't think they were going to be in the top 10. I have no issues with them being a top 10 because I think they're talented and I think they have some really good wins. This is a big two weekends for though. If they're going to be a top 10 team in the country, they have William Jessup this weekend and they have Vanguard next weekend again. They dropped the series to Vanguard earlier this year. I think if they're going to be a top 10 team, they need to go out there and get some wins these next two weeks. It's really going to be kind of critical for them. Uh, you know, Brendan McKenzie and Tony Monroy have been incredible. Uh, Brendan McKenzie is one of the leaders in the country. He has eight home runs. He's been a dude this year. Interested to see what Hope International can do. They have a win over America's team, who, honestly, I thought America's team was a little low. I, you know I mean? I thought LC, I think they're better than the 19 I, in the country. I did have them higher, yeah. The problem is I wonder, like, if they're kind of sleepwalking a little bit in the cascade that's going to happen. LC right now is fighting for seeding the rest of the way. They're, you know, Obviously, they're in the World Series. So I think that, you know, they want to get a high seed. Last year, they were the last seed. They don't want to do that again. So, I mean, you're going to mess around. You're going to end up playing one of the two best teams in the country on Saturday night. You don't want to do that. So, I mean, I just think that it's pretty imperative for them to win out the rest of the way. Uh, Faulkner hasn't played in two weeks because of COVID, so it's been really difficult monitoring them. So this is an interesting grouping right here, man. This is. This is a really interesting top 10 here. Uh, I'm going to start off with Kaiser. So they're 21-6 and six after yesterday. Uh Start for Kaiser, getting a win over Weber International. And of their six losses, you know, four of them are in conference play. They did drop two straight conference series to St. Thomas and Weber International. They swept Florida Memorial in their only other conference series so far. They play USCB this weekend. Uh, But their other two losses, Cody, are are to, you know, Wayne State, who we saw some uh, things happen with Wayne State against, you know, Southeastern and things like that. Really going to be interesting to see where things go for Brooke Fordyce's team from here because the next couple of weekends, they've got an opportunity to continue winning winning ball games. They, they're going to play USCB. They're going to play Florida Memorial, Ave Maria, Warner. And then once April comes around, that Easter weekend, they're going to play Southeastern. That's going to be a really interesting one uh, for, you know, for me to see really to gauge where you're at. But this is a Kaiser team that's been pretty good so far this year, 21-6, and six, but 5-4. and four in Sun Conference play. Hope International at number, you know, coming into this poll at number 10 overall at 14 and 6, way up from that 23rd spot. They did drop, a, you know, three of four to Vanguard. 
but they're nine and three in in conference play. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that second time around where they get to play Vanguard once again, because those are the only three conference losses they have so far this year. HIU's got some really good wins. They've got wins over uh, Lewis Clark State. They've got wins over St. Catherine. They've got a win over Ben U Mesa, who I'm actually Cody watching right now. Ben U Mesa. Just got its first hit of the game here in the top half of the first with the second batter against uh, Division I New Mexico State. Uh, they took the first game against Vanguard, then dropped the next three. And right now they're on a roll at 14-6. and six. They, they are on an absolute roll. I want to say that they've won seven or eight in a row against San Diego Christian and Westmont. They've won eight in a row. So uh, Hope International really doing some good things as well. For Faulkner, like you said, they're, they're really starting to battle some stuff here and get through – uh, COVID, which we don't want any team in the nation to have to go through or battle. You know, hopefully Patrick McCarthy's team is going to be able to get back out there here soon. You know, if they are, I, I believe point would be on the schedule next for them uh, on according to their DAC stats on the 23rd. But, you know, they've won the games that they're supposed to. They just dropped one game against Thomas on the road. That's that's a tough one to play. Thomasville is, a, is an interesting place to play as well. So, um they really have played pretty good, but I want to see them get into that Southern States play because so far, Cody, you know, for a regular Faulkner team, Indiana Wesleyan and Thomas have been in Talladega. You know, are those are the best teams they've played so far this year. It's not been the best schedule for Faulkner. And they've only played 11 games. I mean, it's wild, right? They've played 11 games compared to like looking at the rest of the teams in the country. It's honestly wild. Faulkner just, They've just kind of dealt with it. Obviously, it's not their fault. There's nothing they can do about it. It's out of their control. You know, we're wishing them the best, but it is wild, and it's it's hard to monitor them. I mean, they kind of, it's like William Carey to me. I don't know what to make of William Carey either. I mean, right. they, they haven't played a good schedule, and but all you can do is win the games you're supposed to win. I mean, yeah, if, if you you dress up out there, I mean, you got to win the ball game no matter who you're playing. Right, and they've got it. I mean, because we've seen people lose. Like, I mean, LC lost a game uh, to Oregon Tech this year. Gwinnett's lost a game to West Virginia Tech. I mean, so I mean, it happens. I mean, so, I mean, obviously you're going out there and you're winning the games you're supposed to. It's all you can do. And then finally, I just want to talk really quickly about Georgia Gwinnett. 16 and 6, uh, they've won the games that they are supposed to. I think, Cody, the only one that would stick out in your mind are would probably be the West Virginia Tech game. But, you know, their losses, you look at their losses, St. Thomas, Cumberland's Kentucky, a uh, loss to Middle Georgia State. I, I would say that that they've won the games that, that they're pretty much supposed to in those bigger games, those closer be- matchups are the games that, you know, with the exception of West Virginia Tech, are the games that they've, you know, gone out there and won uh, some big games against Freed Hardeman, things like that, who's still ranked 338 team average for the Grizzlies. And then on top of that, a 405 team ERA. Moving on here into the top five, the top five teams in the nation. Number five, tying their all-time best, is Central Methodist. They are up from the 10th spot. At 16 and 2, CMU is the number five team in the nation. At number four, Vanguard out of California, up from the 18th spot. They are 23 and 3. At number three is Cumberland's. They are 20 and 4 overall. Up from the eighth spot, Southeastern drops one spot from the one spot to the two at 24 and 1. They receive three first place votes. And then the number one overall team in the country, Cody. I think this is something we've been saying for quite a few weeks now is Tennessee Wesleyan, who received 16 of the 19 first-place votes at 22-0. and 0. Give me some thoughts on these teams. 
Well, hats off to Central Methodist, man. They have a pretty good resume. I was excited. They were supposed to go up against uh, Chris Wall, one of the best pitchers in the country at Columbia last night, but it got postponed with the rain. Central Methodist, man, they have the All-Americans. They've been really good. Uh, their top players have been really good for them. So I think they're deserving of this top five ranking right now. I think that they're honestly just honestly been a pleasant surprise. They've been a really good program for a while now, though, so it's no surprise. I mean, they do a great job there. Uh, when you look at one and two, to me, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. I think Tennessee Wesleyan and Southeastern, I think there's a gap between them and the rest of the country right now. I mean, if you look at Tennessee Wesleyan, what's incredible about them is their top five offense, their top five fielding, their top five in the field. I mean, they're incredibly defensively. I watched Alex Flock, their first baseman, make a heck of a play today. I mean, just a heck of a play. They're so good defensively. They don't commit many errors, man. And uh, pitching-wise, they've just been incredible. Tennessee Wesleyan, I have talked to two different coaches. This is not just fluff. I've talked to two different coaches this year that have played them that has told me that is the best team they've seen since they were in the NAI. Like, not this year. Like, since those coaches were in the NAI. Uh, Southeastern, I think if Southeastern plays their best baseball, I think they can give them a hell of a fight. I, I look forward to those teams in Lewiston. I think they're Lewiston locks. And I just think that those two, to me, really stand out. I guess what you know with with what I go what I'll go over is I'll start first at Vanguard. Vanguard's got three losses on the season. They're twenty three and three. Of those three losses, they've lost to a ranked Ben U Mesa team, a ranked Hope International team, and then a ranked Division two team in Point Loma. Uh, they took three of four, by the way, in that series to Point Loma. And that loss to Point Loma was a one run loss. Two of their three losses this season have been one run losses. Vanguard and Rob Peggs, the team that he's put together out there. It's special. 208 runs scored, 87 runs you know, allowed for opponents, 329 team average, 318 team ERA. It's been really, really good this year. Uh, I'm going to kind of jump around here, and I'm going to move to Southeastern. Southeastern at, at times, Cody, and it's as somebody, and you, you yourself as well, who watches a lot of Southeastern baseball, they've fluctuated. But when they're down, you feel like, oh, that's no big deal. It's no big deal. They were downed 6 nothing to Wayne State. And, you know, we felt like it was no big deal. Like, they were going to jump back out. They were going to win the ball game. You know, they're 24-1 for a reason. And, the, you know, Warner came out and beat them 6-5. That's their one loss. But other than that, even when it's been a, a close ball game, you, you felt like they were going to win. And since they played a 3-2 to game with Point Park, they have beaten Saginaw Valley State 14-0, Bellevue 14-4, Dort 25-4, in Wayne State, 19-8. to eight. I'm really looking forward to their matchup with Weber International uh, coming here this weekend. That is going to be fantastic. Then they play Freed Hardeman before Kaiser. It's going to be some really good ball games from Southeastern, some things to really look forward to. They are a team that can swing the bat. Sam Faith is absolutely incredible, hitting 458 on the year. And really, I mean, just this team is special. 354 team average, as well as a... 315 team ERA. So it has been really good this season for Southeastern. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Central Methodist because they're the only team I've gotten to see in person this year. And I could tell when I got to see them that they were going to be really special, that they were going to be really good. Central Methodist is really good. They can swing it with the best of them. 16 and 2 record so far this year. Their losses to LSU Shreveport into a 3 to 1 loss to William Woods. But other than that, they've played some really good baseball. Uh, it's a one-run loss to LSU Shreveport, and I've said multiple times, I think Central Methodist should have won that game just on the back end. Bullpen didn't come out that day really to get it done. 
147 runs scored, 49 runs allowed. Sergio Macias, a Laredo, Texas kid down here by me, has been absolutely special for them, hitting 433. Mason Schwellenbach has been lights out, not just on the mound, but at the plate as well. We'll talk more about him a little later. A 280 team ERA, a 359 team batting average. It's been just off the charts. And then Cumberland, Kentucky, two of their four losses, Cody, are to Tennessee Wesleyan. Their other two losses are to Bethel in conference. Um, they have been really good as well. This, this is a team, Cody, that we are so used to talking about as, as you know, another big-time offensive team. But their pitching with a 320 team ERA has been awesome. Thomas Gutierrez has been great at the plate this year, or at the on the mound this year for uh, Cumberland's. They've got guys. Colton Easterwood has been really good as well. They've got four guys who have thrown 20 plus innings already. You know, by the end of this weekend, they'll probably all have thrown 25 plus innings, and they've all been really good. There's only going to be one guy that even he's got a, a ERA above three. He's got a chance to lower that going into this weekend. So they could have all four of their primary starters throwing with a sub three ERA. Cumberland's Kentucky has been really good, but I do think, I do agree with you that you look at Tennessee Wesleyan and you look at Southeastern, you think, man, these guys are, are really special. They're really good. So I am really looking forward to the season moving on here and getting further and further along and more top 25s coming out and continuing to look at how these teams really continue to improve. I think Cumberland's is going to be another good one as well that we need to watch down the road. But I think Tennessee Wesleyan and Southeastern, you know, are the top two teams in the nation. I think the top five is pretty solid. Uh, You know, we could even go as far as the top eight to nine as being really teams that we saw getting into this level in this ranking. So it's been really good. So who dropped out, Cody? Dropping out from the top 25 has been Mid-American Nazarene out of Kansas, Westmont out of California, IU Southeast out of Indiana, Mobile out of Alabama, Lion out of Arkansas, and Indiana Tech. Receiving votes, we're going to list all the teams receiving votes right now. Indiana Wesleyan is basically your number 26 team in the nation. They were three points from getting into the poll. Indiana Wesleyan, then Bellevue, Friends, Columbia, Mid-American Naz, Warner, Westmont, IU Southeast, Benedictine, Bethel, Huntington, Southwestern Christian out of Oklahoma, Point and Mobile. Cody, of the teams receiving votes, who do you think could have the, the next jump into this top 25? Well, Mid-American Nazarene, if they have a good weekend against Central Methodist, I think obviously you go and you win a series against the number five team in the country and you're already sitting at 30, it's going to help. Uh, I think Columbia also. I think to me they look like the best team in the American Midwest right now. No, it's early. I mean, I, they haven't played that many games. Um, so, I mean, I guess we'll have to see. But I would say those two teams, I would say – uh, Columbia, American Nazarene, friends, if they get rolling. Obviously, they've been playing really well, but when it comes to conference play, they're going to have to start putting together some conference series wins. If they do that, obviously, they have good pitching with Delaney. And, uh, so, I mean, if they put it together, man, I mean, friends is another team. I would say those three. Yeah, I'll have to agree with you there. I, I would I would definitely say Mid-American Naz, the, the offense is special there. We're going to get into them a little bit more. Uh, friends has has gotten some really good – uh, wins on the year, but when it comes to conference play, you got to get it done there also, and and you have a chance to move up. You have two teams ranked this this week. You know you've got an opportunity there. But Cody Bellevue, I, I really think Bellevue is going to have an opportunity because they are going to. I think just they're one of those teams that they get into a certain part of their schedule, Cody, and they're just going to rattle off wins. And so I know that they've played some good teams. They've lost some games that when you look at things. They shouldn't have lost, 
or I'm sure you know that that Dwayne Monlux will tell you we shouldn't have lost that game. But they're going to get into a certain part of their schedule, Cody, where I just think they're just going to rattle off a ton of wins in a row and have that record to get into that top 25. I mean, I, I agree, man. They dominate the North Star, and I think that they're a team that could enter the poll. They could just got to start winning. So that is our top 25 rundown. But before before we let it go, Cody, you know, it has been – we knew this was going to be a really interesting top 25. Is this kind of the way that you saw it shaping out? Oh, not at all. Not at all. I, uh, <laughs> it never is. Uh, I honestly didn't know what to expect. I know one thing's for sure. Uh, we talked to a good coach buddy of ours all the time, and he was like, send us your top 25. And like I said, I stopped at eight. So I couldn't do the job. It's hard. I will admit this year I understand more than any other year it is hard to do this. It, there's no easy way to do it. Um, everyone's going to have a different top 25. People ask us all the time, why don't we put out our top 25? Dude, y'all get mad when we put out their top twenty-five. Like imagine, <laughs> like if we had our own. Like there's just, you get, they get a people get upset when we put out statistical leaders. Like when we're talking about DAX stats, can you imagine if we put out a top twenty-five? I'd have to move. Yeah, I talked to uh, Coach Burton at Reinhardt. He was like, "Put out y'all's own top 25. and I told him the truth, man. Look, if we put out a top twenty-five, fifteen teams will love us. Ten teams will hate us for their placement in the ranking. They're too low, whatever. And then every other team in the country will be like, "Why are they not ranked?" So it's just like I. I, you know, I don't want to do that. Hats off to the coaches and the Raiders that do. I know they do their best with what they're given. And uh, it, it's tough, man, because it's tough when you have a ranking of a poll when you're going off hearsay. You know what I mean? Like you're putting together a poll because, oh, this coach told me this. Or it's like, you know, here comes the politics play a role, this and that. I don't know. They do the best they can with it. It's tough. And uh, I didn't have an – this is not what I envisioned, but I don't hate it. I'm not mad at it. It's it's not what I envisioned either, and I will say you are far more critical of the baseball plate at this level than I am. Uh, you expect a lot more out of Absolutely. a lot of people. You know, I do. And, and we're, we're both part of – you know, we've both been guys that have seen our programs go to Lewiston multiple times, and uh, you are far, far, far and away more critical than I well, am at I, it. But I mean, look – and for school German, I grew up an Alabama fan, and I went to school at Georgia Gwinnett. I'm used. I'm not. I'm used to winning. Sorry, I have a high standard of excellence. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Well, you know what? I mean, if we take out like 2010 through 2019, then I was used to winning as a University of Texas fan. But uh, now, you know, not so much. Sark save us. But you know, it's one of those things that I, I think. It is a hard job to do. Um, it was something that we don't even want to put out a top 10 because I, I'm tired of my DMs being full of parents um, who are angry and they're not even nice DMs. And that, that really didn't start till last year. Uh, but as we continue to grow, it'll be something that we will continue to have to look at and consider and want, you know, maybe move into in the future. But as for right now, it's, it's something that we're going to leave up to the Raiders and it's not the way that I saw it, you know, kind of shaping out, but it's, it's the way that it did. But then again, Cody, I think in the four years that we've been doing this podcast, it has never once been like, that's exactly how we saw it. It has always been like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't see that happening. Absolutely. And is this the time where like we use the standard rankings don't matter and all this is just for fun and for us? Like we get excited over the top 25. Like there are any coaches that genuinely like get excited over their ranking? Very few. Maybe the coaches, you know, McPherson and Concordia, this is the first time their program's ever been ranked. I think that is something to be celebrated. I definitely think that's worthy. 
But I mean, like, do you think Billy Berry was jumping for joy? No, like he didn't care. So I mean, like no. his goal is to win a national title. Well, so I mean, yeah, I, I mean, think I, if you're a coach that doesn't have a summer house in Lewiston, I mean, you know, you you get pretty excited. But at the same time, you know, when it comes down to it, the ranking doesn't make it doesn't what does the ranking truly matter cody since we're on the topic of it what what does the ranking truly matter because at the end of the day everything's pretty much an auto bid anyway so there's only 13 at large bids in the nation you're you could be a top 25 team and get left out of the out of the you know you could get left out of the tournament you really could so at the end of the day what does it really matter unless you go out there and handle your business and uh you know, college athletics aren't about competitive balance. So it's one of those things that if you got to go out and, and do your thing and handle your business, recruit well, and, you know, you too can get a summer house in, in Lewiston, Idaho, like Adrian Dinkle. Beautiful place. Totally recommend it. <laughs> Adrian Dinkle's summer house in Lewiston, you've been? Yeah, no. Uh, is, it the Red I, is it the Red Lion? <laughs> oh, uh, no, we are not. We're Fairbridge Inn and Suites guys over here. In the you are right. Podcast. We are Fairbridge Inn and Suites. Track that from the. That'll be edited out later. <laughs> that'll be edited. Yeah. Yeah. It won't. That won't make it. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, you've been to the Fairbridge Inn and Suites. I have, and it's a luxurious hotel. We recommend it. You know, great access, less than a mile from Harris Field. Pool, free Wi-Fi. Can't beat it, man. And you remember that commercial like the back of your hand. Love that. Let's keep going here before I just get straight on to too many auto bids again for another week in a row. Our NAI ball podcast hitter and pitcher of the week. And that's going to be our hitter of the week out of IU South Bend outfielder TJ De Herrera. Eight runs, four doubles, five home runs, and 13 RBIs. So that is our hitter of the week out of the IU South Bend team there. And then pitcher of the week is Rochester, Michigan starting pitcher Dan Monier, who threw a no-hitter with 12 Ks in a win versus Lawrence Tech. We talked about him earlier in shout-outs and mentions. Cody, give me your thoughts on these NAI ball pitcher and hitter of the week. I mean, I think both of them were incredibly worthy. I think they're honestly two of both of them are some of the better performances we've had on here all season. Uh, four doubles, five home runs. You have that many RBIs in the week. I mean, just incredible stuff for TJ. He's been really good. He was a dude for them last year, too. Uh, just a big-time player. Uh, Shout-out to TJ Durer. <laughs> Laughing at myself. Shout-out to DJ for the big week. And uh, Dan Monier, man, just really honestly incredible stuff. He had Tommy John in May of 2019 uh, to battle back and to throw a no-hitter. Absolutely yeah. big time. He'll remember that forever. Yeah, no, it, it's it's really an impressive week. Uh, and really, Rochester, I think this might be one of our f- first times talking about them. When we started this podcast, we really said, you know, uh, yet to win or do something special to get on this podcast. You know, this is, we weren't going to be a fair weather. Oh, we have to talk about everybody. It's going to be, uh, you know, college sports aren't about competitive balance. I'll say it again. And this dude went out there and absolutely shoved. And so Rochester gets all the credit for that. Dan Monier gets all the credit for that. IU South Bend, all the credit for TJ De Herrera's performance this week as well. Uh, Cody, man, so just these two guys getting that NAI ball hitter and pitcher of the week. Congrats to them. 
our weekend games and series that you need to be watching. We'll kick things off with Texas A&M University, Texarkana versus LSU Shreveport. Hope International takes on William Jessup. Hannibal LaGrange takes on Central Baptist. Tennessee Wesleyan versus Columbia International. Taylor versus Mount Vernon Nazarene. Mobile and Middle Georgia State. Point, Truett McConnell, Lyon, Columbia. Kansas Wesleyan versus Ottawa. And Texas Wesleyan versus Oklahoma City. Cody, what's on the screen this week? March Madness, baby. Let's go. No, I'm just kidding. kidding. Uh, uh, Probably Hope International, William Jessup. I talked about it earlier, man. Hope International, you get that top 10 tag, man. People start looking at you differently. It's it's an impressive tag to have, and I'm excited to see what they do with William Jessup, who's honestly, they dropped a couple of series that they feel like they probably could have won maybe, and they're a really good program, and it's dog-eat-dog in the G-Sack, so it's a big one for the Royals. A couple that I will be uh, watching, you know, Tennessee Wesleyan and Columbia International is is going to be it's going to be one of them because I think Columbia International really played Southeastern tough, so I want to see how they do against Tennessee Wesleyan. Uh, I think Mobile versus Middle Georgia State is going to be an interesting one, and then Texas Wesleyan versus Oklahoma City. You know, Texas Wesleyan has an opportunity uh, to move up some games there in the Sooner Athletic Conference. OCU has a chance to really knock back what has been one of the top three teams in the Sooner Athletic Conference for the last couple of years, a little bit further down in the standings. So it'll be really interesting to see what goes on there. But Cody, man, that will take us to our big series of the week. And it is number five, Central Methodist University versus Mid-America Nazarene. For Mid-America Nazarene, they're 12-9, and 2-1 and one in the HAAC, outscoring opponents 208-115. They're hitting an insane 381 team average with a 569 team ERA, three players hitting above 400 with 20 games played. Josh Sandoval, who played in our NAI ball summer MLB, the show league, and actually did really well in it. Leads and he the team. wanted it. He, he wanted, didn't, didn't he? Yeah, he, did he didn't win. just yeah. play it. He wanted, baby. He wanted. I want the I want the record to show we went to I went to extra innings with him. Uh, but he leads the team in RBIs with 29. Then Adam Relihan leads the team in hits with 37 and runs with 30. For Central Methodist, they're 16 and 2, 3 and 0 in the HAAC, outscoring opponents 147 to 49, 359 team average, 280 team ERA. Sergio Macias has been absolutely fantastic this year at the dish. 433 average, 29 hits, eight home runs, 24 RBIs. Mason Swellenbach has been incredible whether it's been on defense, on the mound, or at the plate, a .64 ERA, a 5-0 record, 28 innings pitched, 34 punchouts, two walks, a 178 team average or opponent average against him, and then he is hitting 419 with 26 hits, six home runs, and 24 RBIs. Cody, this is going to be a great one because Central Methodist has an opportunity to move Mid-American Nazarene down the standings. Mid-America Nazarene has an opportunity to say we belong in the top 25. Yeah, man, absolutely huge. I mean, I mean, because this is for first place in the heart, right? I mean, it's absolutely huge right now. And this is one and two in the conference ratings. I think both of these teams are really good. You look at Mid-America Nazarene, I mean, you mentioned how good they are offensively. They're third in the nation in hits, third in average, fifth in RBIs, like first in doubles. They're crazy good offensively. And they've played some good teams this year, man. They went out to Texas because they got two wins off Wayland Baptist. They have a win over Oklahoma City. They beat Tabor. Um, they beat, I mean, just really they beat Trinity Christian. They went to 10 innings with Oklahoma Wesleyan and ended up dropping like a wild game. 
Uh, they're just a really good program to go out there and really put it on Benedictine last week the way they did. I mean, Benedictine's a team we talked about a lot this year. They beat them 18 to one in the first game, 11 to three in the second game. I mean, just absolute beatdowns. I mean, they left no question about who the number team, number two team in that conference is right now. So to just go out there and you get to play Central Methodist, you're hosting a four-game set against the number five team in the country. What an opportunity. What an opportunity for Mid-American Nazarene. Uh, like I said, they were in the last poll. They got moved out of this poll. They're probably going to take it just a little bit of slight. And they're going to. this is their opportunity to make it right. Central Methodist, I mean, they've been great all season. They have wins over Indiana Tech. They beat USAO. I mean, I just think they're so good this year. I think they're really good. We talked about Sergio Macias. He's obviously been incredible. I mean, Logan McDonald for them is hitting 472. Uh, Logan Herring has six home runs for them. They hit the ball out of the park. Kenny Otero has been really incredible as a bat. Uh, we talked about Kenny Otero last year. He had a sub-1 ERA last year. I mean, you look at the guy this year, he has six home runs for them, hitting 390 at the plate. Uh, just a two-way talent that's killing it. Uh, as we mentioned, Schwellenbach. Schwellenbach had the 23 scoreless innings to open the year. He's just been an absolute dude. Um, so this is a big-time matchup, honestly. I think this is by far the best series in the country this week, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how they play out because it's a four-game set, man. Is this one of those – are they going to split two games? Is there going to be a clear winner? I don't really know. I don't know. I don't know that Central Methodist is going to go out here and take three or four off this team. And American Nazarene hits 390 as a team. Like, who knows? Yeah. So I'm, I'm just like, I'm really looking forward to this one, man. Yeah, I think this is going to be a great series. I think both teams have a lot at stake here, and that's the best part because Mid-American Nazarene doesn't want to go 12-12, and 12, get swept and be 12-12, and 12 because then you're basically taking that off the table because you're coming into HAAC play and saying, oh, you know what, now we're – two and four going into the next weekend. Uh, but at the same time, Central Methodist can't afford that either. And the pitching has been really good for Central Methodist, and this is going to be a really good opportunity for them to show that that pitching is good because this is a really good national offense. This is an offense nationally that is one of the best in the nation. When it comes to teams who qualify – more than 15 games played, I would say. Would you agree with that, Cody, would, would be the qualifier for batting yeah, average? Absolutely. So for teams that have played more than 15 games, Mid-American Nazarene's got the number one offense in the nation with Oklahoma Wesleyan behind them. But 381 is way above the 367 of Oklahoma Wesleyan. So, you know, Mid-American Nazarene has, has got the best overall batting average team offense in the nation. So it's going to be a great test for Central Methodist in conference play and an opportunity to continue moving because they've only, they haven't even allowed 50 runs yet in 18 games played. So they've been pitching well. They've been playing good defense. Uh, that was something that I kind of questioned in their first weekend when I saw them against Our Lady of the Lake. The defense, you know, contributed to some of those runs, you know, uh, coming across or, or some of those runs that were there, you know, giving the possibility to, to score, uh, putting extra runners on base. But Central Methodist came out in that game and, and just, you know, looked really good. That was the best I've ever seen a team hit at Our Lady of Lake, and that is a big ballpark where it is hard to get the ball out of, and it's hard to get the ball into the gaps or, you know, get the ball in the air there uh, to go anywhere. So – Really impressed with the offense of Central Methodist. Obviously, on paper, um, Mid-American Naz has been really good as well, and they've got the schedule to prove it. So I'm I'm really excited for this one. I think 100% this has been the best. This is going to be the best series of the weekend. Absolutely looking forward to that. But Cody, before we get rolling, man, 
I need to mention once more, if you have not signed up, ESPN.com or the ESPN Tournament Challenge app, go over to it. Look up NAI Ball on that group, on the groups. Uh, fill out your bracket. Join the group. Put your first name and your school, and you will be automatically entered to be the winner. If you win first place of a free edit by Connor Darnell, our intern, and then, of course, a mention on the NAI Ball podcast, a great opportunity. But, Cody, I know you and I are also starting on Friday. Uh, I was not allowed to take the day off, according to my boss, but starting on Friday, the tournament begins. I want to say game start at 11. Uh, I don't know when Alabama plays, but I know that uh, you all of a sudden are a basketball fan. Absolutely, that is correct. I am a two-year basketball guy now <laughs> since Nate Oates came over. Uh, I am a fair-weather Alabama basketball fan, so looking forward to watching us roll through the tournament. We're playing something called Iona. Don't even know what that is, but I look forward to watching it. Roll Tide, baby. Isn't Rick Patino the head basketball coach at Iona? Yeah, he is. I was selling it a little bit. He is. He is <laughs> the head coach. is incredible, honestly, to think about, uh, which is kind of scary, too, to think about, too, the fact that he gets a week to, to game plan. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Tide actually have a realistic shot to get to the Final Four. It'll be real. I mean, oh, excuse me. <laughs> they got to go through the you Texas You got to go through Shaka Smart and the boys from Austin, Texas first, but we got to get there. Let's beat Abilene Christian. I've already set my set aside, you know, everything. I have told my girlfriend that at 8.50 p.m. Central Time, I am absolutely busy. I will be just sitting in a chair somewhere, just throwing an absolute fit. I don't think – how many times have I texted you during a basketball game a Texas basketball game where I've sounded happy. Maybe the can the first time they played Kansas. That's that's it. And I'm in a depression group chat as well. You know, Texas basketball just it just drives me insane. Um, but the Horns, you know, won their first ever Big 12 title. Um, I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited to see. I think the team's got a lot of athletes this year and uh, see what they put together and and even more excited if we can both get to the sweet 16 you and i will have plenty to talk about uh as alabama will take on texas in in basketball and so that'll be really interesting and i'm I'm looking forward to hopefully you and i will get to discuss and and argue over that but uh i think the longhorns have a great shot to get to the final four as well uh, so it'll be it'll be really good, man. I'm I'm looking forward to March Madness being back. I love college basketball being around it so long at Kaiser and uh, with ESPN traveling with Kaiser to call games for you know our our local ESPN affiliate and covering the Miami Heat for a few years. So that was um, I, I love basketball and uh, I love college basketball more than anything. So I'm um, I'm totally stoked for the tournament getting started. I wish I wish it was the old Thursday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday format. I don't really understand the, the new one yet. I haven't looked up the whole schedule, but I'm really excited. Thank you to everybody who's already signed up for the bracket challenge. Uh, anybody who's going to watch the matchups as well, you know, it's going to be some really good games. There's going to be some really good NAI baseball on. Uh, I'm going to download the March Madness live app so I can have NAI baseball on the television and March Madness on my phone. Definitely, definitely, definitely looking forward to all of the action this weekend. Plenty to watch, plenty to keep an eye on. Still time to sign up. So, Cody, man, before I let you go, any final thoughts? No, I mean, just going to watch uh, the Rube Foster Classic Champions of American Nazarene, uh, Cajun Collision, Co-Champs, Central Methodist. I'm tuned in. 100% agree. I'm locked into that as 
well. So that'll do it for us. A top 25 rundown, all the things that you've come to know and love as well with big series of the week games. You need to be watching NAI ball podcast hitter and pitcher of the week, everything shout outs and mentions everything in this show. We thank you as always for over 3000 downloads in a month. And we are definitely, definitely, definitely glad and thankful for our audience and everything that y'all do to be part of our family and part of this NAI ball, whether you're an alumnus of this level or a current player, a fan, a parent, coach, anything like that, we appreciate y'all. So until next time, for Cody Butler, who you can find at NAI ball on Twitter and Instagram, the foremost authority of NAI baseball, I'm your host, Robbie Gutierrez, at RobG1063, if you want to talk NAI baseball as well with me. We hope you have a great day and even better tomorrow. Stay safe as always.